0: Good morning Church, and welcome to the Resurrection Sunday message that uh, is being pre-recorded for your viewing pleasure and listening pleasure, and I pray that uh, this message will speak to you in a very powerful way. Um, You know, it's a wonderful day to recognize uh, that the Lord has risen, and indeed, uh, we are risen with Him and are seated with Him in heavenly places. If you notice my garb this morning, uh, the reason I wore black underneath the white is to show you that we have passed from darkness into light and from death into uh, resurrection life with Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's why I wore it because I wanted to symbolize Resurrection Sunday and what God has done for us. So let us join our hearts this morning as we pray and seek the Holy Spirit for his revelation of the word, our Lord and Savior Jesus. So Lord, we just bless you. We praise you this morning. We thank you for who you are. We give you thanks in everything that you have done for us and even the things that we have not seen. We give you thanks ahead of time. And we thank you for this day that you have made. I pray that we will understand the true significance of what Jesus has done for us and the significance of this day that you might be glorified in everything we say and do from here on and we thank you for your presence in the message that will go into the atmosphere and shake the heavenlies and the earth and we thank you Father God. many lives will be blessed, healed, delivered, set free and above all saved into the salvation of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Today, I want to talk to you about the resurrection and the dead. The infusion of the Spirit of God into us is resurrection life. Now this word infusion or infuse has a couple of meanings or a little more than two meanings. But the first meaning is to cause to be permeated with something that alters usually for the better. So here we're talking about God infusing us with the spirit of life that we might be altered and changed into a better person, a better creation of God so that we can fulfill His purposes. The subsequent in constant infusion of the words of life how to defeat dead thoughts and the attacks of the enemy that may still exist in us past, present and future. So therefore the prophetic comes into play and then we begin to see what God has already spoken and what is now outplaying because of what God has spoken. So when God does this I keep getting an infusion of the Spirit. Paul prayed. He said that, you know, his, his his followers would pray that he would get a continual supply of the Holy Spirit. And what what Paul was alluding to was that it would come in such a way that it would shake off all the dead things in his life and in the same way shake everything off from our lives. So. What does the Spirit of God do when He comes in? Is that He removes the dead bones and causes them to become alive and become a big and powerful force on the earth. Ezekiel was asked a question by God, can these dead bones live? I thought the question was a futuristic question, a prophetic question. And God was talking about the resurrection from the dead using prophetic words. That is why we must pursue the prophetic in our lives. You see uh, my question is always where are the true prophets of today? I think many have prophesied death over themselves by speaking words that are not of God and over us so that you know we have been become become like dead bones uh, rather than to come alive. Now uh, what had happened to Israel was that they had sinned and fallen away and the wages of sin is dead. So God was talking about their state of being and He wanted Ezekiel to prophesy that the Spirit of the Lord would infuse the the body that had now come together by other prophecies and, and now bring life into that which was recreated into that which God wanted for Himself. So, if we are to receive the spirit of life, which is the resurrection life, then we have to prophesy. We have to prophesy what God has spoken over our lives. We've got to speak it over ourselves, so that we come into this new resurrection life. We've got to understand we're still in the flesh. So there are a lot of things in our lives that are still carrying on in a dead sense that we have not given up and we have got to speak over those areas of our lives in our mind, in our body and in our spirit in a prophetic sense of what God sees in us rather than what we see in ourselves. So today I want to talk to you about resurrection in the sense of that there is more to resurrection than just merely Jesus dying and rising up and going to heaven or we dying and going sitting with Jesus in heaven when we die. There's more to resurrection that we need to understand. The reason for that is there's a lot of meaning in this word resurrection. The first one is to be raised out of death of sin into a new life in Christ through the resurrection of Christ. So if you have your Bibles with you, please come with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And we see what Christ did for us so that we might come into a newness of life whilst we are still living on the earth. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And he says here, And you he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So there was an existence of death over us because of sin and we were dead whilst we were walking on this earth. And Jesus came. Now He says He had quickened you. Quicken means to make a life, to, to, to use a, an external source other than yourself to give you a new life and that is the Spirit of God. So then let's go to John chapter 5. And verse 24, John 5, 24. He says, Very verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, had everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is blessed from death unto life. Look at this. I mean here we are, you know, in all manners of difficulty. I mean I I know for myself that I was a drug addict and alcoholic. And I was pretty much heading towards a physical death, but what I didn't realize was that I was already dead and that, you know, my body uh, was going to just die at a certain point in time, but spiritually I was dead and Jesus came and quickened me and he says, listen, if you believe and you hear my words and you believe in me, then you will pass from death unto life. So this is the resurrection. Of the individual in the born again experience. So there is a form of resurrection that is taking place because you're going from death to life. Resurrection is going from death to life. So in the same way water baptism is a form of resurrection as well. Now let's have a look at the second meaning of infused. It says to steep in liquid such as water without boiling so as to extract the soluble constituents or principles. Now let's go to Romans chapter 6 and let's have a look. Romans 6 and verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So, he's talking about coming into a likeness of God, of Christ, whilst we're living on this earth through water baptism. The, the chapter 6 in Romans speaks of water baptism. And he's talking about obedience to fulfilling that command of Jesus. So, the meaning is to steep in a liquid such as water without boiling so as to extract the soluble constituents or principles, that is to remove the sin nature, to remove the sin life and, and instill in that person a spirit of life that comes from God. Let's go to Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 and now why tarryst thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So. Look, I want to to emphasize something, that there are certain principles, there are certain commandments that we have to follow. We have to go from death to life in this lifetime whilst we are upon this earth, by the following of the words of Jesus, Amen. Otherwise what happens is we live in the state of death and we don't come into the newness of life. So there are many, many things that happen. To Christians because they have not progressed in this understanding of the resurrection life. The second kind of resurrection that takes place is raised to life from being physically dead whilst living. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 24. Matthew 9, 24. He said unto them, Give place, for this maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. (laughs) This is Jesus raising someone from the dead. Okay. So this person is, was living on the earth, died, and then Jesus came and raised this person from the dead. Now let's have a look at John Eleven thirty nine, John eleven thirty nine. I'm teaching you something that the Lord has taught me, so that we can put the principles into play in our own lives. Jesus said, "Take ye away the stone," talking about Lazarus and his death. Martha, the sister of him that was dead said unto him, Lord, by this time he thinketh, for he had been dead four days. Did God care (laughs) about how long a person was dead? No. You know, I was dead in this world for 34 years before I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Now there's a person dead physically, and he was dead four days, but Jesus rose him from the dead. And you know, he was trying to explain to Martha that he is the resurrection and life. This is extreme resurrection that's going on. Okay, we've got to understand that we are commissioned to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the wrappers, do all of those things. So one of that is to raise the dead. So we need to know that we can demonstrate this power of God upon the earth because the resurrection life of Christ lives in us. Amen. Because the resurrection life of God lives in us. So when God, when Jesus demonstrated this to the people you know they were amazed that he could raise the dead and they said, he said, I am, I am the resurrection and life. You've got to start believing that there is death after life even if you die on this earth. There's a good possibility if you trust the Lord, if you have faith that God can raise you from the dead. You know many people are at the verge of death right now because of the various things that are going on with the plague but you know I've heard of testimonies of people near death situations being brought back out of that near death situation by the prayer of somebody or by the concern of someone and and this is also resurrection life working while a person is dying he's in the process of dying And and God is coming in with resurrection life and raising him out of that situation. You know why I am talking to you this way is to give you hope. We got to defeat fear. You know the fear, it says that Jesus came to defeat the fear of death. That all the time the people were afraid of death. And he came to say, listen, there is something more than death. There is something greater than death. And that is Jesus who is the resurrection and life. He is God. So now we've looked at two types of resurrection let's look at the third type of resurrection to be resurrected after death into judgment 1 Corinthians 15:21 1 Corinthians 15:21 In this chapter Paul is talking a lot about resurrection in 1521 he says, for since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead." Wow. You know this is a very strong statement to make because God did not use any external source. He used one from amongst us to bring life. So he came in the form of a man associated with us, partook of our situations in life, understood every aspect. Of what we were going through, and then died on the cross, so that you and I could have resurrection life. Now he died in the flesh. Okay, so what God is saying is, I've used one of you. You know, God has associated Himself with us. What a wonderful thing! He's He's called. We call Him Father. We call Him Lord. We call Him Master. We call Him all sorts of wonderful, glorious, holy names that He has. But He has a personal relationship with us. He's interested in us and He comes and He raises us out of this death situation that is permanent in in the sense that those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ die permanently, right? But those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ pass from death into life. We are going through the gateway of death into life. And so we see that God is moving in a very, very powerful way, and His ways are different to us. So He's taking something from one of us, He's brought Himself to be one of us, and then He's bringing resurrection through one of us. Let's look at Acts 24, verse 15. Sorry, uh, before that, let's have a look at verse 42 of 1 Corinthians. Now he's talking about resurrection. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. Meaning to say that the seed, okay, the seed of life was sown into a person who was dying. Okay, so it's very strange. It's a mystery mystery in a sense. Here is God bringing life out of a death situation. So he sows the seed of Jesus into Abraham. And through Abraham who was a person, uh, 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 a human being who dying and is, it, it died. Jesus rises out of him and comes onto the earth and then dies himself and rises again. And now, He's, he's given life to all those who have died in the purposes of God and in the calling of God and in the uh, knowledge of Jesus and the acceptance of Jesus get resurrection life. So now God is the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob all living, okay, though they're dead because it was their womb, their flesh that was used by God To put the seed of life in. And they believed in God. They knew that there was something coming greater than their own lives (coughs) that was going to change the world. So we see that both the just and the unjust are going to be resurrected from this natural death. Let's go to Acts 24 verse 15. And have hope toward God which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead both of the just and the unjust. The difficulty with many people is that they cannot accept that there is a resurrection after life on earth. So even the Pharisees and the Sadducees they had a division between themselves. One believed, the Pharisees believed in resurrection, and the Sadducees did not believe in resurrection. But the reason God wants us to understand what's going to happen after we pass from life on earth into life in heaven, is that there's going to be judgment. Hallelujah. Now, it's not an easy thing comprehend because if you have lived unjustly upon this earth, you're going to have to pay a price which could end up in an eternal hell if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the commandments of God are clear and they are written for us but they are also outworked in us through our conscience. We begin to understand that there is something that's coming after this life. And we have to be very, very mindful of how we live this life. You know, God's one of God's greatest desires is that we show mercy. That we walk justly and we be humble. Amen. So, the just and the unjust will both rise up to, de- to a judgment seat. One will be judged for the works they did believing in Jesus Christ upon this earth and they will be rewarded. The others will be sent away to hell because they did not believe God. This is a very, very sad situation. People don't understand. They say, oh, we don't care. There's nothing after this life. Oh, we'll take care of it when we die. You know, we'll we'll argue it out with God. Well, all that's not going to happen. Because you've got to settle it on this earth. Okay, because there's a judgment coming. The moment you die, You go into a place where you will be held till such time the day of judgment comes. Now let's look at the final form of resurrection. The first resurrection after judgment. John chapter 5 verse 29. John chapter 5 verse 29. And talking talking, let's begin at verse 28, marvel not at this, or let's begin at 27, sorry, and had given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the son of man. Marvel not at this for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. This is everyone. And shall come forth they that have done good unto resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of life. Damnation. So it's clearly written for us what is going to happen. The first resurrection is going to be a judgment resurrection. Okay? And everyone in the grave, everyone who died will go up before Father God. And they will be judged by Jesus. And you, you know, God knows exactly, Jesus knows exactly what we're doing on earth. He knows he's the omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient God. So He knows everything. Let's have a look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 5. I often tell you that, you know, there are books in heaven. There's one just written just for you. Everything you said, everything you did, everything you acted out is all written out there. And so God will open that book. The first book He'll open is the book of life to see if you have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay, that will be the first judgment. And then after that, what you did with your life. So that too becomes important. Okay, not just uh, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ Lord and Savior, but what did you do with your salvation? So God wants to know, and He has written everything down in a book, and a book is written out, uh, is, is, will be open on the last day, and you will be asked because you will be questioned by God on all the things, the opportunities you were given that you did not use to glorify His name. Okay, so let's have a look at Revelation 20 verse 5. And it says, But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years are finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that had part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and reign with him a thousand years. So, Four forms of resurrection. One is when you are born again, you you are saved out of your death situation through sin and brought into a life situation with Christ whilst you are on earth. The second one is where you come if you die on earth someone can come and raise you from the dead. This is possible. This is one of our ministries that God has given us. The third one is Resurrection after death to judgment on the day of judgment And then the fourth one is the first resurrection after judgment You are given an okay, a tick from God You're good and you don't face the second death Which is the lake of fire Whereas those who sin who are unjust are not only judged but, and not only die in this life but they will also die in the second death and they will be actually alive in the second death suffering the torture of the second death for eternity now none of us want to go there okay, because not only will hell be, hell will be thrown into that lake of fire All the people who have been false prophets, teachers, liars, abomination, people who have fornicated, people who have, you know, become drunkards, thieves, all will go into that lake of fire. And, and, you know, there is no escape from it until and unless we give our lives to Jesus and continually ask God for the infusion of His Spirit so that He might convict us of how to live in this lifetime, a resurrected life that Christ has given us. Amen. So let us be very, very careful in these times not to depart from earth thinking, you know, we're good. We need to be open to the examination of the Holy Spirit. Because once you leave this earth, that's it. Okay? You're not coming back unless God raises you from the dead. For one of for whatever reason he wants to do that. So I want to say this to you the translation from death to life in any form is always resurrection. Let's look at John 5 21. John 5 21. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. So, any form of resurrection that Jesus chooses to employ, first of all, the born again experience, the water baptism experience, they're all forms of resurrection. And getting rid of the dead situations in our lives, the dead bones, by infusing the Spirit of God in us, they're all forms of resurrection. So, Jesus can do that. Okay, that's what the verse is saying. You know, Jesus gives life because He has life in Himself, He is life. So, now, this resurrection is happening. So, the question is, resurrection into what and where? So, we know that we are passing from death to life and in Christ, whilst living on earth, that's the first one. So, what does that signify? It signifies the hope of salvation. I have a helmet that covers my brain, my mind, my very thought life. That's called the Helmet of Salvation, it, it stops the head blows of the enemy, okay? And so this Helmet of Salvation is hope, it's called hope of salvation. So when I have that hope, I also have a hope of resurrection. That when I pass from this life, I will not even see death. I will not see death because the death has been defeated, it's a gateway, okay? Jesus himself says, when you die, if you believe in my words and you die, you will not see death. You will come straight into life. When we want to think about how God operated in bringing Jesus, He brought Him and exsort Him into a corrupt situation such as a human being who was dying. You know, it's very interesting to see this concept in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve didn't have to die all they had to do was eat of the tree of life but when they ate of that fruit death came, corruption came that's what corruption is it's a slow death it's not an instant death Okay. it's like walking dead you're slowly dying but you don't even know sometimes that you are slowly dying but you are and not only your body but your soul and your spirit they're all dying because you're being corrupted by evil so what they did was they ate evil they actually ate evil because that tree was called the fruit of good and evil so they actually ate evil the moment they ate evil right? The body started to corrupt. They, they, they died. And so, God said to them, you will die. So, they started to die. It was a death by dying. That's what I call it. Okay? So, it was a slow death. And has been going on ever since their time for us, as well. But Jesus came and salvation brought resurrection. And now, the amazing thing is that when we are, when we are resurrected in the spiritual, we go and sit with Jesus Christ in heavenly places because this is what God has done for us. And here is the sad part. Many obtain the hope of eternal life but hardly enter into the resurrection life that Christ offers through His own resurrection. So when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3, verse 3 and 5, he says, "You know, how can, uh, how can you must be from God in doing these miracles?" And Jesus said, "Verily, verily, in verse three, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." And Nicodemus asked the obvious question, "How is it possible to be born when I'm so old?" And then Jesus answers and said, "Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God." Now, many, many, many people. They see the kingdom of God, but they don't enter into the resurrection life. See, only when you are resurrected in your spirit can you enter into the things, the kingdom of heaven. Because there are certain things there that you need to get, you need to get the resurrection things and bring it into this life so that you can become a powerful force. Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Why would He want to give us the keys to the Kingdom of Heaven, why can't He just give us the keys to Earth and earthly solutions and all the things that we worry about. No, He's saying because you will enter into the realm of the Spirit through those keys. Amen? Now, you have to become a spiritual being in order to go into that place. And you've got to accept that the keys are given and that there is something called resurrection life. So when you go into that place, you begin to operate in the realm of the Kingdom of Heaven. But many Christians, they just see, they only see what Christianity is about. And they have made it a religion. They love the religion, the religiosity. They love going to church, dressing up, you know, meeting friends and uh, having a good uh, natural life, you know, and, and they love that. But they they don't want to know anything about the resurrected life that is already available to us on earth. And, And until and unless we begin to operate in this we will become religious. Let's go to Luke chapter 20 verse 27. Luke 20, 27. Then came to him certain of the Sadducees which denied that there is any resurrection, they asked him saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, if any man's brother die, having a wife, and he die without children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up a seed unto his brother. Now this person had seven brothers, so they wanted to know who was going to be the husband in the heavenly life. And Jesus said you don't know anything about heaven. He said there's no marriage in heaven. Nobody is given in marriage in heaven. So that's not applicable. See, they were trying to trap Jesus with the understanding of resurrection life. And there are many, many such Christians today who only know part of the Word of God without the application of the Word of God. Now, if you think of the application of the Word of God, it is both Spirit and life. Amen? So, you've got to be infilled, infused with the Spirit of God in order for you to have the life of God. And the moment you start having that, you start operating in heavenly things. So, because of the way that has been understood in the church, there have been excesses, there have been some things that are actually flesh, they're not Spirit and that has spoiled a lot of others from entering into the things of God for example Speaking in tongues or miracles signs and wonders prophecy all of those things They said no 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 no, we don't want to get involved in that because there are excesses and we've seen it happening in the church That does not believe in the word thing is they believe in the word but they are misusing a lot of what they are doing So, we have to be guarded, we have to know exactly how to enter into the kingdom of God, use the keys that God gives us, and not our own keys, to try and open up what is in heaven. So, you know, when you become a churchgoer, the the, the religious people hang on tight to the world, and the benefits of knowing Christ in this world only, right, which is church life, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 19. I'm talking about, you know, becoming a religious zealot. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. It says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So many people, they are worried about what goes on in this earth and and what, what kind of life or what situations life brings. And I find that That is not something that we need to worry about. Yes, they are, some things are concerning. They are quite dangerous at times. But if you have your focus on Christ. Right? You will know how to maneuver through that. Because you've been given the ability, the resurrection life to do it. When Jesus answered and said to Martha that I am the resurrection and the life. You know, he's talking about, a hope, he's talking about, look, God has come down from heaven and given you something you have not had. What are you worried about? What are you concerned about? Your tomorrows? How are you going to manage? I don't know what your concerns are. But I want to say this to you. Jesus is resurrection life. Anyone who believes in Him already has the resurrected life and power. Now it's a matter of appropriating both. You see, the Spirit of God is as much an interactor with us about resurrection because He is the Spirit of resurrection. You say, how so? He says, "If the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is in you. He shall quicken your mortal bodies. So our mortal bodies are quickened by the Holy Spirit because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He only gives His Spirit to those who believe in Him. Amen? And He doesn't give it to just anybody and everybody. Not everybody in the world has a spirit of life. No, they have the natural life, but they don't have the spiritual life. And this spiritual life is the eternal life in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. He is eternal life. So we have to come to that place where we begin to understand the height, the length, the depth and the breadth of Jesus because all of Him is eternal life. All of Him has everything that we need. So if you are in a quandary, if you are in a difficulty, call on the Spirit of God because He is the Spirit of resurrection, He is the Spirit of life. He will raise your dead situations just like He did with the bones when Ezekiel prophesied you know, the bones came together, the flesh came on top of the bones, but still there was no life. And, and, you know, Ezekiel despaired because his prophecies got him somewhere, but not to the final place. Till God said, prophesy that the spirit of God will come upon them. And when he did, that's when life came. You need to prophesy over your life and say, Lord, give me spirit, give me life and begin to speak it into your being and say, yes, I have it. Amen. Part of what prophecy is is declaration Okay, so when you declare You know it comes to pass because you have the words of life in your mouth God gave Jeremiah the words of life and he said now you prophesy Destruction and death and man to the devil and then you prophesy life to the body and build it up the church or Israel in his case so we know that we have this kind of power. So I want, to, I want you to prophesy over your life. You know, if the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you, then your body will be quickened, your mind will be quickened, your spirit will be quickened. The same spirit will unburden you of this life and once again infuse you to pass on to resurrection life whilst you're living. And this comes by death to self. Let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through to 44. He's saying, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in in corruption. That is uh, not death. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised in spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So when we say dead to self, we're talking about letting the dead things in us walk away, go away from us and let the life of Christ come up in us. So we prophesy, we're declaring it, we say death, you leave us, those dead things that were there in our lives, you leave us, let the life things from Christ come to us, okay, and then you get by quickening in your spirit and you begin to understand the things of God the heavenly things let's have a look at Philippians chapter 3 and verses 9 to 11 and Paul is talking about resurrection and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead now what was the death of Jesus Christ? the death of Jesus Christ was death to self according to Philippians 2 through obedience and humility he went to the cross he died to himself to live for God so you are going to die to yourself to live for God Amen? Be like him And then you will see that there are certain things that were dead situations in our life that will leave and life will come. Hallelujah! You know, I can tell you of um, hundreds, maybe thousands of testimonies in my own life where I have been dealing with the dead situations in my life. And yes, sometimes I do think about how I got into that situation. But then I think about how Christ gave me life. And now I'm living this life by the grace and the mercies of God, through the Spirit of God, who continues to pour His life out in me. So I'm able to enter into the things of the Spirit. You know, healing miracles, signs and wonders don't simply just take place. Okay? Jesus was going every day to the uh, temple through the gate called Beautiful and there was a beggar there who was uh, lame from life. He never healed them and He never healed anybody who did not come to Him, right? So when He commissioned the disciples, He gave them power to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the levels. So they have to actively, <laughs> listen to me, they have to actively engage resurrection life in order for a miracle to take place. Otherwise it doesn't happen, except in the sovereign will of God, when He wants to, when He answers a prayer, that someone is crying out in desperation, okay, so when that person is crying out to God, what they are doing is they are activating their faith in what Jesus had done on the cross, that's how it happens, is when you operate. In the resurrection life. You see, if I want to transfer life, I've got to have resurrection life. When we come to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are passing on words of life. Many, they preach the gospel in word only. They don't preach it in life. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now when you want to imagine what this could possibly mean what God is saying is you can transfer resurrection life by my gospel, by my words, because they are spirit and life, And then through that, you can demonstrate power. What is the power? The power of Christ. To heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, tell the storm to stop, whatever it is. Amen. But that takes faith in appropriating the Word of God and what He says you can do. Many people don't want to go there. They're happy with just speaking a word, making it look nice, you know, packaging it up and saying, well, here it is, deliver it. But there's no life, right? People are dying and they call you to come and pray and you can do nothing because all you do is give them the gospel by the word and say, that's it. Sorry, right? Uh, If you don't believe, you die. You know, how, how can you raise a dead person? and get them to believe. You can't ask a dead person to believe because they're dead. You've got to have the faith to raise that dead person. And until and unless you have the faith and believe in the resurrection life right, that God does want to raise that person, you can't raise that person. And they're dead. So it's no use telling someone, you know, it's your faith that's a problem. No. The real problem lies with our faith. When we are sent to do something by God. So we need to hear the Spirit of the Lord because He's the one who brings revelation. He's the one who teaches you what to do, when to do, it, and how to do it. Okay? Again, hundreds of testimonies of how God got me out of a situation that I found myself in either through my own mistakes. Or through the attacks of the enemy, or through others who came to attack me. And, and you know the ones that I'm where I make the mistake, I repented. I said, Lord, I'm sorry, and oh, Lord, help me. I don't know how to do this. So then God gives you the understanding, and that's what you need. So He gets you out of that situation. Okay, otherwise it could have been death. You know, many times people have come to want to hurt me and kill me or do whatever what they wanted to do. But God saved me out of all those situations because I spoke resurrection life over myself and into that situation. That's the power of God. And that's why we don't want to preach a gospel that is powerless. Amen. We need to preach a gospel that changes lives, even if it takes a long period of time. You know, sometimes people don't want to grow. So you got to keep speaking that spiritual life into them. Then they will get it one day and they will grow like me. I didn't get it for a long time. Then one day, through many, many dreams and visions and encounters with Jesus, I came and accepted Jesus. Otherwise, I was going to die. He gave me a choice. Final thing was, last chance, Nobu. Either you accept me, or you die physically and spiritually. Now, that means no resurrection. That means no life after death with Him in heavenly places. You cannot imagine that. It has to be an encounter. It has to be real. It has to happen between you, And Jesus. When we do pass from this life, eventually we will be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But right right now we're given that preposition, we're given that opportunity to live the resurrection life. So we want the Holy Spirit to bring that resurrection power because it's that resurrection power that can bring life and do it. So the more I receive the Rima words of life, resurrection power courses through my veins and I become more alive than what I was. Every one of us have dead situations. We think of the past, unforgiveness, we cause hurt, you know, something, character fault in us. They're causing life, they're not causing life. We sin openly, you know, we fornicate or do something else that is a bad thing in the sight of God. It's all leading to death. And the spirit of life is in us, telling us, look, this is the way that you're going. It's going to lead to death, turn to life. See, that's why he's talking to us. So He wants to give us that resurrection life to live this life and go into the next one. And be seated with Jesus in heavenly places so now comes the time that I can walk with Jesus and understand Him because the Spirit of Life is giving me Rima this takes me from glory to glory now once I move from one level of glory to the next level of glory I don't want to go back do you understand what I'm saying I don't want to go back to yesterday's anointing I don't want to go back to yesterday's situation, they have passed. Now, I want to climb the levels of resurrection. That's what Paul was talking about. He said that I might attain, not that I have already attained, but that I might attain. So he's talking about an ongoing resurrected life that leads him from glory to glory in Christ Jesus. Why does he talk about that? because there's something that's going to happen at a certain point in your relationship with God that will switch the line on so powerfully that you will never look back again after that. Let's go to Galatians and let's have a look at what Paul has to say about that. Galatians chapter two and verse 20. Galatians 2.20, For I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. (laughs) Paul is talking about reaching a level where he doesn't live anymore. Only Christ's resurrected life is now keeping him operating on the earth By the faith of the Son of God, not even his own faith, by the faith of the Son of God So when he went to Jesus and he said I'm I'm having the stone in the flesh Can you get rid of it for me, please? He approached Christ three times and Jesus said my grace is sufficient for you Now He's still facing the problems. He's still facing the difficulties but now the faith of the Son of God is keeping him, not his faith, because his faith was not strong enough. That's why he went to God and said, can you remove it? Right? But Jesus said, no, my grace is enough for you, meaning to say, my faith operating in grace is more than enough for you, even if you don't have the ability to, to, to believe, in, to get yourself out of that situation. I have it. Listen, listen carefully. God has got you in the palm of His hand. Amen? It's a very difficult thing to understand because in the throes of your problem, in the throes of your difficulty, in the throes of darkness and chaos, you say, where are you, God? And He says, I have you in the palm of my hand. And you find it really hard. That's why Paul came to that place where he said, it's no longer I that live. Meaning to say, death doesn't mean anything to me. I've already died. Nothing can offend me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Not angels, not demons, not life, not death. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Hallelujah! Right? Because he is not living anymore. It is Christ who is living in him. And so, we are living by the faith of the Son of God too. So now what happens is, when we are doing that, death comes under my feet. Not just Satan. Death itself becomes something that comes under my feet. So when death approaches me, I say to it, you are under my feet. Now, why do I say that? Because the life of Christ is in me. Okay, I'm saying to death, I'm living a resurrected life. I have the resurrection power living in me. His name is Jesus, right? He has conquered your death. You're defeated. You're broken. You cannot do anything. You, even if you kill my physical body, okay, I will still be with Christ. <laughs> what a savior! Right? Satan is trying to scare the living daylights out of all of us by scaring us, putting fear, saying you will die. Hey, if you want to go to heaven, you're going to have to die. Right? You're going from this life to another life. You will have to die. Physically, you will die. One way or another. The thing is, how you die, that's what matters. Amen? We don't want to die in bad situations that the devil perpetrates for us to die in. No, we want to die in the timing of the Lord. Don't die before the timing of the Lord. There's an appointed time. And die in a way that God appoints. Amen? You can prophesy that over your own life. I want to encourage you today. It's no longer you or I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in us. He wants us to know that. That's why He came. So when you come, when you think about the seed, that was Jesus sown into corruption which is flesh He rose again, He is a quickening spirit okay and now you are also a quickened spirit with Him and the ongoing infusion of the Holy Ghost is the quickening every day that you and I get fear goes, worry goes, all manners of evil leaves you all situations that come against you are defeated And you can see into the realm of the Spirit. And you can operate in the realms of the Spirit. Begin to prophesy. Begin to say, declare. As I said to you, declaration is part prophecy. Amen. Begin to declare over the nation of Australia, over the nations of the world, over your own situations, over other people. Begin to declare life. That resurrection life will go into them, into the nations of the world. And God will bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus today. We thank you for the resurrection life. We thank you that you have given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And so I pray that each one of us today will be blessed. And Lord, let this message have its way with each one. So that their fears are removed, their sicknesses are removed, their doubts are removed. Everything that stands in the way Against them is removed that they might see into the realm of the Spirit and they might see you high and lifted up, seated upon the throne, ruling and reigning over everything because you passed from death to life and now God has exalted you and has placed you at the highest place. And we see that, Lord. We don't see the sicknesses of this world, we don't see the plagues, we don't see all of those things, though they're there. We don't even see what the devil is doing, Lord, but he's doing a lot of evil. We see You lifted up over all the situations. And we declare You, Lord, over the nations of the world and over the nations of the the situations that are going on in the nations right now. And we thank You that this plague is destroyed completely by the power of Your resurrected life. Right now, we declare it destroyed in the name of Jesus. Thank You for keeping us in the palm of Your hand. Amen. In Jesus name. Thank you.